Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and in love. Amen. The story from our gospel lesson today is a striking one in many ways. It's a real unique story. We find it in all three gospels. And we have this fairly detailed uh, accounting of something that happens within Jesus' ministry. This demonic possession and this interaction between the demons and Jesus. So, as we look at the gospel lesson today, if I'll ask a question to start with, and you were asked to think of a word, what would come to mind? If you were to ask to think of a word in reference to the gospel lesson today and this story, what would come to mind? Think about that for a moment. I'll let you know that I've come up with a word, and it comes from earlier on in the chapter. We'll go back, we'll go back to this uh, after a little bit and make our way through the message this morning. But I've come up with a word. I've chosen a word that occurs earlier on in chapter 8, and that is kingdom. The word kingdom. So what does kingdom mean? What is a kingdom? If you look at the entomology of the word, right? King, ruler, right? Or the ruler or lord, and doom. It's an old Anglo-Saxon word. It means simply judgment or the king's judgment, the lord's, the lord of the land's judgment or his ruling. And a kingdom is where the king rules, where his judgment stands, his ruling uh, holds sway. Consider the places of influence in our lives. In our lives and what holds sway, what controls our lives from day to day, or rules over us in a sense. Think about that. And I'm going to divide this uh, notion of kingdom into two different areas as we talk about the gospel lesson this morning. Divide it in two different areas. First, the kingdom of the world. And secondly, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. We take a look at the kingdom of the world. We look out around us into our community, out into the world, to all the different means that we have available to us today. In a moment, we can see what's going on on the other side of the globe. We find ourselves in a very strange, odd position these days. At no other point in time in history can we simply turn on the news and see what's going on on the other side of this planet north, south, east, or west, and get some notion of what's going on, politically or otherwise. When we talk about a kingdom, let's talk about it first and foremost from a political standpoint. That's probably one of the first things that comes to our minds, or that would probably come to your mind when we talk about kingdoms, whether it be a monarchy or democracy or any other different version or variety of systems that exist. Take a look at our own nation. Our own nation, whether in its founding, at its beginning, through its development, over time, over these last couple hundred years, 
this grand experiment in democracy, as some have called it, or in its current position? Would we have a lot of good things to say about the current position of this kingdom, of our nation? A lot of times it's easier to focus on the negative, isn't it? We hear all kinds of things. We hear about the border, about issues of sovereignty, the border to our south. We hear about gun control in the Second Amendment, especially the Second Amendment of our Constitution, right? that provides order and structure for this nation, for this kingdom. Especially after some of the awful things that have happened recently in Uvalde, and other places throughout this nation. And how that relates to the Second Amendment. You name it, at any point in time, at any point in time, there is and there has been issues. People will go to the mat, will they not? People will go to the mat in the name of exerting control over our lives in a way that they understand to be right and what they see as right and good how things should be it becomes and is often a rancorous endeavor so often how about the tyrannical or despotic regimes that we see in the world there's been plenty throughout time and space and history that we could point to. We're all familiar as we turn on the television or turn on the radio with what's going on in the eastern part of the world, Russia and Ukraine. There's all kinds of conflict between nations, between kingdoms that really really has been ongoing, really has been ongoing throughout history. We have moments of peace, right, of relative peace, and then something comes up, someone decides that it ought not to be that way, and I'm going to enforce my view, my thoughts, our people's view, our people's thoughts on how it should be, how it will be. Sometimes devotions to nations to that political order, can even take on a religious fervor. How about science? Let's talk about another kingdom. Science. The scientific kingdom. Not so much Simon says anymore as science says, right? Think about all the rancor, speaking of rancor, all the rancor over COVID-19 and immunizations. What does science really say? As I was driving down the highway the other day, I saw a car that was passing that had stickers all over it, you know, and it drew my attention. And on one side of the car, it said, no mask. On the other side of it said, not immunized. And then it was covered by religious stickers otherwise. Making a statement, were they not? Or there's the church that I used to pass by from time to time in my old home in North Carolina. And out in front, there was a big banner that said, love your neighbor as yourself. Get immunized. So which one is it? 
Which one is it? Science says? What does science say? Or perhaps there's science and seance. There's an interesting one. Why do so many early psychologists and so-called hard scientists have a fascination with the occult and with spirits? You know, Freud hosted several seances in his own home. Why? This fascination. When many were critical or opposed to religious faith and God, it begs the question. Reminds me of a song called Confusion. How about the kingdom of health or our physical bodies? Right? What is healthy? What's not? Is it South Beach? Is it Mediterranean? Is it Keto? Which one is it? Yet, sickness and age and injury have their way. Here I am hobbling around because of my ridiculous knee. I get so irritated with it. I certainly can't go on about it. I'm thankful for what God has provided through the doctors, physicians, and nurses, and so many others. And because there are so many things that are so much more serious than a bum knee. They really are. Sometimes we wish we could trade our problems. Even if we could, problems still remain, don't they? Sometimes it seems like sickness, age, and injury, they rule in the long run. They come out the victor in the long run. It feels that way at times. Well, how about the spiritual kingdom? We'll go back to the gospel lesson today. Go back to the gospel lesson and hear a little bit about that. Reading from that again. Touching on that again. Then they sailed, Jesus, the apostles, sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Who seems to be winning or ruling so far? This man has not been healed. He has not had this affliction, this oppression relieved by anyone, despite their best efforts, even tying him down. And Jesus then asked, What is your name? He said, Legion, for we... For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Going to verse 35. 
when people, then the people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They were afraid. We go back to an earlier part in this chapter. In chapter 8. We have the parable of the sower and the seed. The disciples ask for the meaning of this. They ask for it to be interpreted for them. And he says, Jesus responds to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. At the beginning of the chapter, a disciple is named who has been healed of both sickness and evil spirits. Multiple evil spirits. We go on, we continue through the chapter, and Jesus reprimands a storm. He rebukes it. And the storm is stilled. Jesus heals the man in our Gospel lesson today, casts the spirits out of him. And soon, right after this story, Jesus will visit the ruler of a synagogue whose 12-year-old daughter has died. And he will raise her from the dead. This is the kingdom of God. Where Jesus recognized even by the demon legion as the Son of the Most High God, the second person of the Trinity and God in the flesh, where He rules. Christ in response to political kingdoms. Many places we could go. But give to Caesar what is Caesar, and to God what is God's. Jesus recognizes both. They both exist. Give them their due. Each one. Mine is a military family. I'm, of course, I'm a chaplain. All of you know this. Active duty army chaplain. I'm one of nine kids. Maybe not everyone knows that. I'm the oldest of nine kids, matter of fact. Top of the heap, I like to say. Um, but out of nine of us, six of us, have served or are currently serving in the military. It's a pretty good percentage. My father retired from the army. Whether his service as an enlisted soldier or a commissioned officer, my service as an enlisted soldier or a commissioned officer, or any of my other siblings, have all been honorable as we serve this nation and its citizens. but not with a religious fervor that would substitute devotion to this nation for God. That becomes tyrannical. That's when it becomes despotic. Psalm 146. I'll read a few passages from there. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. Hmm. 
Christ in response to science. I'll go again to the scriptures. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Proverbs. Dealing with wisdom, is it not? Wisdom literature, all throughout Proverbs. This is its focus. Wisdom. Knowledge. Investigation. Facts. The joy of learning and coming to know what creation is, how it works, how things come together, and thereby coming to a better understanding of our Creator. Knowledge, however, is not God. The demon knew Jesus as the Son of the Most High God, but there was not faith, there was not trust. Where God reigns, there is trust, there is faith, and there is life. Christ in response to our health and physical bodies. And go Paul's letter to the, uh, to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians. We do not lose heart. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. Being renewed. Jesus, the great physician, the healer, our redeemer, our savior, has given through the gift of creation, of His creation, many who are skilled, have tremendous capabilities to utilize this creation, this order, to bring healing. Doctors and nurses, medicines, the skilled care of those who've been called into this line of work and this vocation that do extraordinary things for people. There's also prayer. And there's also intercession that we lift up to our Creator on behalf of those we love and care for. Our intercessory prayers. We're not so foolish as to think that only one of these things works in any given situation. To reject one or the other, but to recognize God has given both. Christ has given both. And Christ, finally, in response to the spiritual challenge. Christ, in response to the spiritual challenge, this is where Paul, in his letter to the Galatians in our epistle lesson this morning, really kind of hammers out that hope that we live with as his people. Lays it out. He says, in the same way also, in the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles or principalities or kingdoms of the world. And God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, to redeem those who were under the law so we might receive adoption as sons. And if those who have received adoption as sons then are heirs, through God. The spiritual realm. Demons, angels. They're real. They're as real and present as anything else that we've talked about today. They're part of life. Part of daily life. 
That's why we pray. And that's why Luther, in his morning and evening prayer, would close it out with right those familiar words, place your holy angels around us, that the evil foe may have no power over us. It's a part of our daily reality. Part of our daily reality is, as Paul has just proclaimed in his letter to the Galatians and to us this day, that we are his heirs. Heirs to the promise. Been given to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, through the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and now current and active today in each one of you, in us. By those who've received Jesus Christ, his name, those who bear his name through holy baptism. So remember, remember where there is faith in Christ, there is life. You belong to God's kingdom. Even as we live in the midst of many other powers and kingdoms in this world, you belong to God's kingdom. Remember that you have refuge. You have it always in God's kingdom. At any moment in time, in any place, regardless of the circumstances, you can lift your voice in prayer, silently or out loud, and he hears and he responds and he provides. And then finally, recount. Remember, remember that you belong to his kingdom. Recognize that you have refuge in him. And then recount as we give thanks. As we give thanks even in the simplest way at a meal. We proclaim God's kingdom and rule as he's provided for us in this small way. Go back to our gospel lesson to close. In verse 39. Jesus responds to the man who's been healed. Return to your home and declare how much his God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. We proclaim today in our lives, each and every day, what God has done for us, giving thanks as his heirs, heirs of his promise, those who belong to his kingdom. Amen.